Dateline, April 3rd, 2011. Well, good day, folks, and welcome back to the Australia Desk. Steve Fisher with you once again. Grant, I'll tell you what, I had to get out of bed very, very early this morning. I'm feeling very tired and very cranky at this end of the day. <laughs> yes, yes, you were up at 7.30. That's way early for you, mate, especially on a Sunday when you've uh, been working the day before, but it was for a good cause. We went on with uh, Steve Tupper and a bunch of other podcasters and did the Not At Sun and Fun show for a couple of hours on Sun and Fun Radio. Yeah, it was good fun. In fact, um, it was funny because we did that last year on Sun and Fun Radio and it went for about 20 minutes. Uh, I was here in the studio, but you were, of course, this time last year over in the jungles somewhere in Asia, I think, somewhere. So that was in a little... In Indonesia, yeah. Yeah, Indonesia. So that's uh, yeah, that was a, a little bit of a clue to get that together. But uh, yeah, this time it went for two hours. So uh, good fun, good conversation. It's, uh, it's always good to talk with uh, with the great man himself, Mr. Tupper. Don't tell anyone I said that, though. <laughs> yeah, no, it was an awesome time. We had a blast. Well, uh, Grant, uh, speaking of other... Uh, exciting things we've also had a blast this week we've been out down at uh, point cook celebrating or helping to uh, celebrate the royal australian air force's 90th birthday that's right uh, 90 years ago on thursday last week the royal australian air force was uh, born as the australian flying corps at point cook airstrip point cook uh, just across the bay from where we are is uh, the oldest continuously serving military airstrip in the world not just Australia, but the world. Yeah, still operating, although these days basically it houses the uh, the Australian's uh, Air Force Museum and that's about it really. They they used to do a lot of uh, officer training there and in fact uh, one FTS, the initial uh, flight training uh, school there for uh, RAF pilots used to be there, but of course uh, a lot of the flight screening now is done by uh, BAE systems up there in Tamworth in New South Wales and uh, once uh, the pilots get to the RAF, uh, they do that over in Pierce, their initial training, which is in Perth. There still are quite a number of barracks and I think there's a few other options operations go there and Laverton just up the road may not have an airstrip anymore but it still does a lot of um, logistics and so on so uh, yeah Point Cook's still going it's primarily the museum but there's still stuff going there but I thought one of the fun parts was when we met up with Cole and managed to have a quick chat with him it's always nice to find somebody that's actually older than Rob Mark <laughs> insert sound effect here Woo-hoo! absolutely here's Cole Griffin now Cole is still flying he's still got a pilot's license and uh, he came in uh, amongst a formation of uh, Yak 52s which was quite special spectacular in itself and he's still got a pilot's license so we had a bit of a chat to Cole he's uh, feeling quite the celebrity this day. I joined the RAF in 1941 and uh, I did my training here in Australia went to England I flew the Mosquito for 650 hours Uh, and when I returned from the war without a scratch I got by I was one of the fortunate people. Uh, I joined Australian National Airways, oh, the Holliman Group, yes. and which was eventually taken over by Reg Ansett. Yes, mate, and of course, uh, Ansett, that went on to become Ansett Airlines, which uh, sadly disappeared from our skies on September 12th, 2001. Uh, but uh, yeah, it was interesting to have a talk there to Cole about uh, some of the many different air- aircraft types that he'd flown over his uh, career. He said he had to retire at 60. Uh, and yeah, Grant, uh, he was uh, still full of energy and enthusiasm, and that interview went for about 12 minutes. So uh, <laughs> once, <laughs> even once I edit it down, it's still going to be a long one and uh, yeah, really interesting to talk to. So uh, Grant, I, I tell you, uh, one of the things we were talking about this morning when we were on the uh, 
the uh, not at Sun and Fun thing was the uh, the touchy subject of user fees. And uh, you know, you know, my my usual uh, example here is to talk about Avalon, where we were were recently doing our uh, air show coverage from, and the uh, the outrageous amount of money that those people charge down there to uh, shoot an ILS approach, which uh, was around the hundred dollars mark plus GST, which is ten percent. So you're looking at one hundred and ten or thereabouts. Uh, well, uh, some good news. Just uh, just a few hours, in fact, after we uh, <laughs> were talking about that, they've actually reduced this fee. It's still yeah. high, but uh, you know, at least they've cut it a bit. Well, that's right. So long as all you're doing is shooting the ILS, coming down and doing it, and not not doing a full landing, you shoot the ILS and go missed. Uh, you're only being charged forty dollars. I believe that if you even do a touch and go, then you get the full hundred dollars. But if you just come down, shoot the ILS, go missed, that's now forty dollars instead of a hundred. So you know, it's only a small change. Uh, it's still a, a high fee, but what the heck? It's a reduction, and it's helping to stimulate the um, train of commercial and instrument pilots in the area. And uh, along with when Bankstown tried their uh, fee-free weekends between November and January, it's going to see an increase of traffic to that area. So they may actually wind up making more money than if they had left it at $100. Interesting. And, uh, you know, I, I make the point to our American listeners, uh, particularly those of you who are uh, members of the GA community who are constantly fighting the good fight against uh, proposals from uh, the FAA to introduce user fees. Well, just have a look at what happens down here, guys, and uh, you really want to fight it because it is incredibly expensive to fly and, and, and to land and to train down here because of these ridiculous fees. It really does make it hard to go and stay current shooting ILSs. It's it's just another cost and uh, unfortunately it's keeping a lot of people away from aviation. Yeah, As soon as you just want to start getting serious and doing instruments and commercial and things like that just the price goes through the roof. Yep, do what I do folks. Go overseas. Take your business overseas if you can afford to do so. Anyway, well uh, now that I've been up there on the soapbox grand up on my the loft heights of my rather tall soapbox i'll climb down now and let's have a bit of a talk about april fool's day hijinks i think believe you might have got suckered into something mate yeah i did i did i think i was reading about this later it was uh, more saturday i think i was reading this after april 1st and i've never been watched for one for april 1st i always consider it a bit silly but yeah i got got uh the folks at australian business traveler had put out an article and uh, atc ben pointed me at it they talk about uh, Virgin Blue changing their name to Virgin Pacific. I was like, oh, that's pretty good. I like that. That's not bad. But then they say that the campaign features Justin Bloody Bieber as the, uh, you know, singing, dancing idiot. Justin Bieber? <laughs> say it's not so, Grant. Yeah, well, I was, unfortunately, I was so busy having apoplectic rage fits and throwing up that I forgot to uh, actually read the very, very bottom of the article where it says, happy April 1st, everyone, from the uh, folks at Australian Business Traveller. If I'd made it all the way down to the end of the article somehow, I don't know how, but if I'd made it down to the end, I would have seen the happy, um, April 1st reference and would have got it as a joke. But as it was, sadly, I thought it was all too likely that uh, Virgin might do something stupid like this. I mean, it did, it did strike me that that was kind of contra to their whole deal of going more for the business traveller. But, you know, it's the kind of crazy thing that they might do. Yeah, well, look at it this way, Grant. If you read it on another day besides uh, April Fool's Day, then the joke's really on them, isn't it? So shame on them. There you go. The joys of the internet where this news sticks around. And uh, yeah, next time I'll try and read no matter how much I want to hurl. All the way to the bottom of the article. Actually, you know, uh, I'm lucky I didn't show that to my kids because uh, even though they're teenagers, they can't stand Justin Bieber. And I, I often compliment them on their good taste. 
<laughs> there you go. Yeah, Nikolai's the same. He's not into Justin Bieber at all. Now, Grant, just before we finish up here, a quick mention of uh, Virgin Blue's, uh, well, we assume, V Australia, Virgin Blue, the Virgin Australia Group's A330 that's come into service. We talked about that a few weeks ago. Uh, now, it's still been flying around the place, we assume, doing pilot training and uh, route familiarisation, perhaps that sort of thing. Uh, it's been in an all-white paint scheme, uh, no logos or anything, but it was recently spotted, uh, in fact, on April 1st at Sydney Airport with uh, a couple of minor touch-ups done but uh, granted, it didn't last too long. No, it didn't. It had some uh, red bands around the uh, engine nacelles and it had a slightly stylized different version of the uh, the Virgin Lady on the nose, uh, like most Virgin aircraft have. And uh, yeah, it was, it was painted up for only a day or so as it uh, did some circuits at Sydney and a few other flights. It looks like it was being used to uh, get some uh, video footage, perhaps for some marketing or in-flight safety videos. Yeah, so uh, interesting stuff. And, of course, it did get the plane spotters uh, chattering away, and there's a very active uh, group of plane spotters and photographers up there that uh, frequent Sydney Airport. So uh, it certainly uh, the pictures did make it very quickly into the uh, the various websites. The one we're looking at here is in Australian Aviation. And, uh, yeah, so uh, nobody really knew what it was doing. But, uh, like you say, Grant, by the time uh, you know everybody started speculating, the aircraft had returned and uh, all those decals were stripped off again. So we're still none the wiser. No, we're still hanging out here waiting to find out what Virgin's going to do and uh, so long as they don't involve Justin Bieber uh, all systems are go absolutely sounds good to me well on that cheery thought Grant we'll leave it there until next week I'm Steve Vischer and I'm Grant McCarran cheers folks